Before we get started with today's show, I want to tell you about another great ESPN podcast, The C.J. McCollum Show, where every week, New Orleans Pelican star C.J. McCollum discusses names and storylines in and around the NBA with inside perspective you can only get from someone in the locker room and on the floor. That's The C.J. McCollum Show. Listen where you are listening to this podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Right Time. My name is Bomani Jones. Thanks for listening wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for watching us on YouTube. Rate us, review us, give us five stars. You only give us four stars, I'm inclined to believe. You are a hater. It is that time of week where we have a guest join us, bringing somebody new in. Check them out with us covering college football. Also, check them out on Around the Horn, Harry Lyles Jr. What's going on, man? What's going on, man? It's good to be here. Yeah, man, glad to have you. I see you got the fly hotel room set up in there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know, just uh, I made a last second trip up here to Evansville, Indiana to see my family. And I was like, I didn't want to be like, yo, tell my aunt and uncle, y'all, I'm pulling up on them just like that. (laughs) So I was like, let me let me respect their space. Let me go ahead and get a quick little hotel here. So hold on now. You could you could tell the other part of the truth. This happens, right? This is something that people don't know about this job as you do it. And you have a traveling job, right? Mm -hmm. So they send you all over the place. Oh, yeah. It, it, It affects the way you view accommodations. It changes the way that your accommodations are viewed, and it makes sleeping in that room in somebody's house far less attractive <laughs> than it had been previously. It look, it don't hurt, right? <laughs> I mean, especially once it's, and you've done as much traveling as I've done this year, and you start racking up, you know, just points and miles and all that type of stuff. That I was like, wait a second, people could actually get this much, right? <laughs> like now, it, it's a, it's opened up a whole different world for me, man. Like I'm a pretty simple dude, but now I'm like, all right, hold on a second. Like maybe I can get a little picky here. Oh no, I'm looking forward to the day that you're like, uh, what does this ticket say? Seat 12A. That's a mm. little bit farther back in the plane right. yeah. uh, that I'm getting, accustomed to. There. That we're day is there. coming. It happened to me. I'm like, I'm a simple man. I didn't think I needed very much. I remember yep. when I was in college and I was like, I mean, how is it yep. that anybody could think that they was too good for the Hampton Inn? Yeah. Oh, I now yeah. understand yeah. how it comes about. Yeah, I, I'm fine. I'm finally getting there. Because, I mean, even <laughs> uh, there were like a couple of hotels we had this year. Where I was like, hold on a second. Like, what's up? Like, why, what, we, we can do better than this, right? right? But see, that's you covering college football, so they send you out to, like, all the places. Like, unless you want to make that hour and a half drive, and sometimes you do, right? Yeah, sometimes you do. You Sometimes be, you definitely do. I remember when I was new at it, I had to go to the town of California, Pennsylvania. Right? Like, people may not know this. There's a California University of Pennsylvania. It is in the town, California, Pennsylvania. It's about an hour or so outside of Pittsburgh, and I was going uh, to a heavyweight boxer's camp because, you know, they like to, you know, go off in the middle of nowhere. And I was booking the travel, and I was like, well, hey, what's the closest hotel? And it was <laughs> a Holiday Inn in a town called Bell Vernon, uh, Pennsylvania. I'm like, oh, I guess that's what it is. I didn't know, nah, dog, just stay in Pittsburgh. They like yeah. I didn't I, I was yeah. unaware that the move is mm-hmm. no just stay in Pittsburgh and make that drive out there that one time because bruh I don't know if you've ever been to like Jamaica or one of them places Mm-mm. and it makes you recognize that this interstate highway system and everything else 
we got that here. It ain't like that yep. everywhere. You start going like up the mountains and then winding roads yeah. that ain't got no stripes painted on them. You don't know if it's a one way. America got a lot of those too. And a significant number of them are on your way to California, Pennsylvania. Yeah, I, I believe that because I ran into that last year too uh, when we were at Penn State and you had to like you fly into Pittsburgh, right? And then it's like at that point, especially with game day, like once people know where you're going to be at, like all the hotels start getting booked immediately. Mm-hmm. And so like at that point, it becomes, like you said, that situation where you're like, okay, we got to stay as close as we can, but you're driving through them winding mountains and all this type of stuff like that. And it's like, yo, this is, this is different. <laughs> oh, we're going to talk some college football in a minute, but Harry uh, is from Atlanta. And I wonder if you had this phenomenon. I have not been to Penn state. I've just been told about it, but you know, when you're Southern, mm-hmm. we think, that like we are the ruralist you know what i yeah. mean like they have yeah. us believe that once you get out of the south right that everything else is one thing i imagine that in your travels now covering college football you have gotten a learning about america that you never would have yeah. thought that you were getting when you got into this business yeah no i mean 100 percent. and plus too like just all the different places i don't think people truly realize that Right. Because you hear like when we reference certain teams and stuff like that, you hear them talk about, hey, like we're going to College Station or Oxford or wherever else and stuff like that. And like you hear those, but like you never like really see those places. And then when you start seeing those places and you start seeing those people, like you see that the the spectrum of what you think America is, is a hell of a lot bigger <laughs> than what you thought. Right. I mean, like we've been we've been to Conway, South Carolina for at least Thursday night football this year. Uh, we went to Memphis, we went to Oxford, we went to Eugene, Oregon, right? Like we've been all over the place. We went to Montana State, we went to Bozeman, which like I had no idea this was news to me. I don't know if you knew this, but like Bozeman is apparently like Rocky Mountain Nashville. Really? Like, like it is, yo, like the real estate apparently up there, the pricing is insane. Like it's basically like Nashville with mountains. Like oh, wow. is how it was explained to me. And so just seeing all them different types of things. And like you said, with like people thinking like we're rural in the South, like, yo, man, let me tell you something. I've seen some of these folks from Ohio and Pennsylvania and stuff like that. I don't want to like that's that's different. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's different. Oh, they uh, they they sent you to College Station, huh? Oh, we did that one last year. Yeah. Um, So that that was crazy. But I mean, it's just dude the the variety of people and especially do you see it on like a week-to-week basis because i you know i again do a thursday night football with uh matt barry lewis riddick and then you do college game day and so i'm in two different places a week and it's like that for 13 weeks straight um and just to constantly it's like being a dog and sticking your head out the window Mm -hmm. and you just absorbing all that Mm -hmm. like at one time like that's how it's been this year um and it's definitely been a learning experience i will say that yeah let me tell you the college station because i'm not passing up this chance to take shots um they you know austin always got the keep austin weird thing they they got to fight to keep it weird college station mm-hmm. doesn't have to say keep college station weird it's just gonna be like that ain't nobody ever gonna try to change it because honestly it's the kind of weird where once you get to it you like either you on or you off i personally mm-hmm. am all the way off myself yeah now have you been to oxford before i have not been to oxford it's it's interesting yeah, I mean, I, like, I, I mean so, it makes me a little nervous, right? Because, like, I don't know if you know my buddy Wright Thompson, right? Like, you know, he mm. is the biggest Oxford proponent in the world. But, see, I'm a little older than you. You did not grow up watching Ole Miss games where the camera shot was all the people waving the flags, 
right? right. Like, like, like you don't have the memories of that, man. I don't yeah. know what it takes for you to get me to go down there, right? Like, I don't care how how dope Wright's uh damn uh tailgate spread is, you're gonna need to really, really work on me to make that happen. Yeah, well, and you know what the interesting part was? So you you got to fly into Memphis, yeah. right? And then that drive is just it's something, right? <laughs> like I so I so I used to date a girl that uh, was from Shelby, North Carolina, right? And so we were driving from Atlanta one time to Shelby and you ever just know sometimes when you driving through somewhere and you're like, yes, I don't know about all this. Like <laughs> it, 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 like this feels very, you know, Jim Crow. It, it feels yes. very like pre like reconstruction, like, like, and you're like, yeah, I could tell like this, this used to be bad, like right through this, like stretch of road right here. Like, yes. I don't want to know what I'm going to see. Right. If I go 10 feet off the road, whatever, like it's it's just like spooky. Like that's the way it is on that drive from Memphis to Oxford. And then when you get to Oxford, I mean, it's just, you know, it, it's different. It's 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 different. That's I, I'll leave it at that. Yeah. yeah. Let me tell you about the stretch of the drive, though. We are going to talk about some football at some point. People, don't you worry. Uh, but, you know, I'm from Houston and we would make them drives from Houston to Oakdale, a little town in Louisiana that my daddy's from and go on I-10. And I'm here to tell you, once you get east of Houston and like between there and like Lafayette, it don't always it don't always feel safe. You know what I mean? Like there's this little town called Vida in East Texas. And it was one of those that when in the 90s I was growing up. Uh, the white people were up in arms because the black people were trying to move into the projects. And that is always your ultimate sign, by the way. When the projects are full of white people, it is yep. bad news for you, right? They ain't yep. even letting us do that. You know what I'm yep. saying? Okay. So something happened. Car died. I'm with like two or three of my uncles. And this is in a non-cell phone era. We just stuck on the side of the road. And it was that stretch of I-10 where it's like, ooh, I don't know what's going on. And so... I don't remember how we got to the gas station. I guess we hoofed it up the freeway. You know, we somehow we wound up at a gas station waiting on somebody to come help us. And while there was the fear of, you know, the 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 other kind of element, different than the element that me and Dominique normally talk about, there was also that element that me and Dominique talk about. And I just remember this woman walked up to my uncle, this black woman. I don't know what her story was, but apparently we were the new fellas in town. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. She walked up to my uncle, gave him an up and down and said, who you belong to. <laughs> and I'm just here to tell you all those stretches of treacherous road that you described. There's yeah. all kinds of things that might come up and not always yeah. the one that you expect. No, no, uh-uh, not at all, man. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's why like, Hey, like if you don't got my policy, cause you know, I do road trips, whatever. Like I, I drive up here, right. It's five and a half mm -hmm. hour drive. I'm used to making it, been making it my entire life. There are certain places where you could tell like, you know what? You can just go a little bit further down the road. Just <laughs> stay in the car. Just yep. Stay in the car. You, you're not gonna run out of gas yet. No. You, you, you no. Good? Yeah. 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 You like good? if you don't know your car, you better find. Like you better figure it out. Like find out how much further you can go before you absolutely got to stop. Yeah, it's hard to make me feel shook. The closest I got, I had to get out the car in Eastern Kentucky one time, and you know, I just mm. ate. You know, went in, got what I needed, got out. Yep. But I could tell that everybody was on the same program. Get in. Yep. Get what you need. Get out. And it was cool. It was cool. I figured it out. Now, I'm going to get to the football part. And you, as a, an Atlanta dude, um, Georgia's number one. Mm -hmm. I went to, I actually went to Ann Arbor um, for a game earlier. That's how I went to the Michigan State game and I saw them play. And they seem to be a fine football team, but it seems to be Georgia and then everybody else. 
I have been surprised by hearing the people make the argument that I'm voting Michigan number one right now because I just feel like all you got to do is put Georgia on the television and you recognize they play in a different caliber of football than everybody else is. Yeah, 100%. And I I think, too, like people's issue with Georgia, and I don't don't think a lot of people actually realize it, is sometimes Georgia, man, dude, they're playing with their food sometimes. I mean, like you can't look at that team even just coming off the bus, right? They look different than everybody else except for like Alabama, right? I mean, they are they are different. Even if you just look at their tight end room, like are you kidding me? <laughs> right? Like like who does that? Like like two freaks of nature, right? In Washington and Bowers. Um and they and different really types having... of freaks in nature, by the way. Yes. Yes, exactly. Like they they can do it all. They could do both, you know what I mean? And then you look at their running backs, like they really haven't even gotten the running game going in the way that they probably should. Um and then defensively, I mean there's, they still got dudes, man. Like those guys are going to be pros. And so that's been my biggest gripe with them too. But like looking at that Michigan Ohio state game, my other biggest criticism of Ohio state has been, I feel like they always play down to their competition. And I feel like they did that against Michigan because Michigan was banged up in that game. And the whole thing was like, okay, well they're not going to be able to run the football. So you got to make JJ McCarthy beat you. And in theory, he shouldn't be able to do that. And he did that. And then they also got them big chunk run plays on you anyways. Um, but in terms of like, if you're putting money on it, why would you bet anybody but Georgia? I mean, just because strictly if they play 50% of their game well, they're going to beat you probably. Man, look, I have joked for many years that apparently there is a state law somewhere that the University of Georgia must have at least one white man in every pass pattern that is yes. run on this campus for my whole yes. life i don't know he always the quarterback's roommate whatever it is i yep. don't know how that works out right <laughs> now because they be sending two white dudes out in the past pattern mm-hmm. this year they got brock bowers and then lad mcconkey and for those of yes. you who um are not familiar with college football i want to be clear i said mcconkey m-c-c-o-n-k-e-y do not add any letters that are not there um and I had looked at, because I knew Bowers was the truth, right? But I had looked at McConkey yeah. as like satisfying the state law. Dude, he out here running past people too, right? <laughs> like, like he's a giant and he's out here running past people too. It's, it's, it's unfair ridiculous. everywhere. Yeah, like he's ridiculous. I, I think it was, gosh, who did they play? I want to say it wasn't UAB. It was somebody though, where it was like in the first like eight seconds of the game, he literally just ran past the defense. He didn't run no right pitch, <laughs> right? He didn't make no move. He just went right <laughs> and even with lad mcconkey when they played tennessee he he like literally did like the randy moss thing where like he he broke made like one move and hand you saw the hand <laughs> you saw the hand he threw up the hand i was like there's no way and i mean the way that they were celebrating i think that might have been like the first or second score of that game i was like i looked over at harry douglas who's one of my co-hosts with uh countdown game day i was like hey uh-uh this is not this is not the day for tennessee <laughs> no. and, and it wasn't like that, that was something like there's obviously all these SEC stadiums are loud, right? But like whether it was Tennessee this year or I was at the Arkansas game last year too, where Georgia just annihilated them. Like there is a different experience when a team is just steamrolling you like that, right? It's almost like someone is pushing you in the chest and just you're right, like backpedaling and stuff like that. And you can't stop. Like that is the most incredible thing I think that I've experienced in the two years doing this. Everything was funny about that Tennessee game. I was talking to my brother who doesn't really follow college football, and he had seen that Georgia had put the hurt on him. And he mm-hmm. said, you know, I don't even really watch, but 
could tell, you know, I just like, I could tell Tennessee just wasn't really that good. I was like, no, that's not that's not what the issue was. <laughs> the, 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 the issue was they were playing the Monstars. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't think people like truly like realize that. And that's honestly one of the things that I love about college football is obviously, especially in the SEC, like the talent is there. Right. Like we're talking about some of the best. Play- I mean, it's minor league football, basically. But the fact that you still have those guys that are just good enough to where you get that basically like that high school, like urban legend type of guys, like those performances. That's what to me makes Rock Bauer so fun is like he's still out there with like incredible athletes and then he makes them look like children. Yes. Like that is that is one of the most to me like artistic and beautiful things about college football is we're watching a high quality product. But however, there's still those guys where it's like, nope, that's different. (laughs) Yo, And the thing is with Georgia. And I got myself in a little trouble earlier this year. I walked something a little bit back that I'd said before. But because they're so loaded, even to this day, national championship notwithstanding, the only place that you could ever think to ask a question is the quarterback. It's the only one because yep. he is literally the least talented person on the field. And But like I almost feel like there are NFL players who would be less talented than the people that are on the field, right? Like you could create that scenario. But I said earlier this year, this is before it all fell apart for Florida, uh, that I would rather have Anthony Richardson as my quarterback than Stetson yeah. Bennett. And as you might imagine, our good friends at Georgia did not appreciate that at all. Yes. Uh, yeah, Anthony Richardson hasn't played as well as I expected him to play this year. So I'm going to take yeah. that back. But my point really simply was, I want the high ceiling guy. I always yeah. want the high ceiling guy. Like I felt like if you put high ceiling ass Anthony Richardson on that team where he didn't really have to do that much, it would honestly be comedy. Like there's no telling yeah. what it would be. But Bennett, he is a good college quarterback. You know what I mean? Yes. Like I think that there For was sure. a, there was an era where you had more of those than you do now because everybody's basically evaluated in the context of the pros, right? Like that's yeah. that's how this goes. But he is. He's not as good as Colt McCoy was in college, obviously, but I think that's a comparison that you can make. Like, he's that yeah. level of dude. But if George is going to lose, the only way is if he is if he don't do it. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, I was, I'm with you in that boat, too, where it's like, okay, so if you lose, are you going to be happy with that being the reason, given all the other insanely talented players around him, right? at positions where, you know, I don't know that you necessarily have to say it's more skilled because I, I do think playing quarterback is obviously a very skilled thing that you have to do. But when you do look to your point at an Anthony Richardson, you're like, wait, I can have that at that position around all the other guys that I've got. Like, how could you say no to that? But <laughs> to your point, I think it is weirder for people watching that because you don't have as many Stetson Bennett's anymore looking like that college quarterback that like, all right, like, He's good enough. He's going to get it done. He's probably not going to play pro, whatever, when it feels like there's more Anthony Richardsons out there now than there are Stetson Bennett's. And if you're Georgia and you're Kirby Smart, like, hey, bro, like, why does why does it stop right there? Right? <sighs> like, why wouldn't you have something like that? But Stetson, I will say, man, we saw him at SEC Media Day at the beginning of the year, and he walked with his chest out a little bit more right talking a little bit more confident a little bit more spicy and it showed up in places at times during the season so i mean if, if they get that from him you know against lsu i don't really think they're going to need it against lsu but if they can get that there and in the in the playoff you know i think they're in business you know i think the power of confidence like what i watched i think it was in the tennessee game i was watching him and he hit mm-hmm. me and it was like oh yeah. The difference is confidence. Because especially with playing quarterback in particular, where so much of it is, I need to make a decision to do something right now. Like, mm-hmm. one, two, three, boom. 
One, two, three, four, five, boom. Like whatever it is, you need to be decisive and you just need to go ahead and make that happen. And that's a confidence thing, right? Like, oh, I'm thinking about this. I'm thinking about that. Stetson Bennett is like, I am national champion Stetson Bennett, baby. And I can't yep. only imagine how good his life is walking around the University of Georgia. Good gracious. And yeah. he plays with that confidence. Yeah, 100%. And enough confidence to where it's like, because I know you've probably seen the pictures, right? Some of these haircuts he's getting, I'm like, hey, brother, who are you going to see to get your haircut? <laughs> right? Like, like who who on the team told you, like, hey, man, come get your cut with us. Yeah, right? yeah. Come, come, come get this fade. You know what I mean? Like, I want to know so, when the day is that the white guy just decides, hey, man, you think they'll, uh, you think they can cut my hair too? <laughs> right? Because, like, if I go to the white man barbershop, they will tell me they cannot cut my hair. Right? Yeah. But black people, black means like 18 different things, right? They yes. could cut anybody's hair in yep. there. And I just like, I would love to know the process for the white man when he just finally decides, you know what? I'm going to do it. Right. I know. it. And hey, you notice, I don't think he did that until after they won the title. <laughs> right? So like, he was clearly like, hey man, hold on a second. Yo, 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 Nate, like Kendall, where are you guys going, man? I'm going to come get my hair coat, y'all. Right? barbershop stuff it's like lebron's show right like i can sit yeah. there and hang out right they got mark cuban up in there well do you watch p valley Mm-mm. okay there's a character in p valley i'm gonna send you a picture of after we do yeah. the show um he look a little bit like stetson bennett <laughs> and uh i'm just saying it's entirely possible that this has been stetson bennett's calling the whole time like if you look real fast yeah. you might have been like huh can you run that back like oh, you drop no. you drop him off in a different context. Uh, he's, he, Stetson Bennett is an Opelousas All Star. That's what I called him. If I dropped him off in Louisiana yeah. in one of them yep. towns, mm -hmm. the, your interpretation might go a little different. Think just yeah. look at that hair. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, that texture, right? I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, yeah. see, it's see. It's the texture, right? You know, 100%. You, you spend too much of your life with people looking at you trying to do the math. Now you get to do it on Stetson Bennett. You know what I'm yep. saying? Exactly. It's right there. It's not rude. It's curiosity. Man. It's all it is. We just trying to. <laughs> We try to figure these things out. Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training, just in time for summer and warmer days. I've been in the gym a little bit trying to get my fitness in check so I can break these skinny allegations I keep getting. And spring is the best time of the year to take a new look at your fitness routine, dial it up a notch, and continue powering off. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row, or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. Peloton's varying class lengths were designed with your training plan in mind. Personalize your workout. Whether you'd like to add a 10-minute course session at the end of your strength class, or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance. Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals while challenging yourself at every level. Now you can catch up on your favorite NBA games with NBA League Pass while you push yourself to new levels of fitness. Watch your favorite games and win your workouts with NBA League Pass on Peloton and visit OnePeloton.com. Peloton all-access membership and NBA League Pass subscription required. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
I watched USC play a full game. Well, it's close to a full game for the first time um, in the Notre Dame game I was on a play. And I just can't imagine how furious you have to be if you're an Oklahoma fan and you're like Caleb Williams. That that was supposed to be us. That was supposed to be us. Um, if you were an Oklahoma fan and you were watching Josh Heupel kill it as Brent Venable struggled, and then you were looking at Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams dominate at USC, what is your life? Yeah, I, I mean, fury, right? Because even going back to Brent Venables, a lot of people tried to say, well, you know, he's actually like the brains behind Clemson because that defense is like, you just, you can't touch it, right? Like that's been the one constant, even mm-hmm. with like, and I always, when I talk about Clemson, I try to be like realistic about like, hey, like, yes, Dabo has done a very good job up to this point. I, I think that tide is changing a little bit with, you know, he had two generational quarterbacks. And I think people kind of forget that and kind of expect that to be the standard. Like, dude, we're not talking about, you know, um, I'm trying to think of something like, you know, not a Stetson Bennett and not uh, like a Cam Newton, but like somewhere in the middle there where it's like, okay, like this guy is good. No, we're talking about two guys that are closer to the Cam Newton spectrum, uh, end of the spectrum, than the Stetson Bennett end of the spectrum. Um, Because that defense is one thing where even on their worst days, like they were going to make stuff happen. And so you got that guy and thought, okay, like we'll still be able to do all the offensive things that we do at Oklahoma. And now we're going to be able to play that kind of defense. And now you don't. And like you said, you see Heupel um, and you see Lincoln Riley and you see Caleb Williams out here slanging it, you know, with, with the the painted fingernails mm-hmm. and the glam and all that type of stuff like that. Like I, that's tough sledding, man. <laughs> and they lost to like West Virginia this year. I mean, yes. It got I, I know destroyed, I destroyed by Texas. By Texas. Yeah. I mean, in a game, and I think Texas, hadn't they lost the week before? Yeah, it wasn't looking good for Texas uh, up until that point. And they, I mean, I have watched basically every incarnation of that game for the last 30-something years. It's mm-hmm. never looked anything close to that. Not even the year that Vincent them destroyed them. It didn't look anything like that. It was, I, it was mind-blowing. Even in John Blake, Oklahoma, OU never did not look as bad as they looked in that game. I'd never seen that program look that bad before. No, it's shocking. And and to me, I still feel like even though Oklahoma, I wouldn't say necessarily is on the same level, obviously, um, as an Ohio State, as an Alabama, I'll throw Georgia in there now. Like you expect them to be top 10 talent wise and just competitive wise at worst. Right. Mm-hmm. So like they shouldn't be getting their doors blown off by Texas like that. And nope. Like, this year, it's been like, dude, like, I mean, there's not a whole lot that they do well consistently, right? Like, there's, you know, moments here and there, but it's like, yo, like, what is, like, it's not supposed to be like this, right? Like, you're supposed to be able to walk into that job and keep that thing going. Like, that is a hard one to mess up, Mm -hmm. right? Like, I feel like if you were to walk into that job, if you were to walk into Ohio State, uh, Alabama, Georgia, and you're not able to just keep that thing going, that says more about you than it does, I think, about the job. Yeah, that's an interesting list there because I feel like Ohio State is the one that it's impossible not to keep it rolling. Yeah. And I say yeah. that because everybody has kept it rolling, more yeah. or less, right? Like John Cooper had some mm-hmm. ups and downs or whatever. Alabama, Ohio State has a higher floor 
Alabama has the low floor where it can bottom out and you go four and seven and everybody hates you and they throw bricks yeah. to the windshield and everything else. But yeah. everybody who's been at Alabama has won. Then you get the weird job like the one that just got filled at Auburn where you will probably have a 10 win season and you will yeah. probably leave in some measure of shame and disgrace. And if you want to make sure to keep that, uh, that, that kind of streak rolling, why don't you bring in a dude with a lot of wins and even more red flags? And that is yeah. what they did. They went and got Hugh Freeze. Yeah, and it's, I mean, to me, the most interesting thing about Auburn is, so the, the the freeze hire feels par for the course with them, right? So, like, that part of it, I'm just kind of like, you know, like, and, you know, I don't know that, like, when people hear the word boosters, right, because they're the ones hiring, they're the ones making the decisions, I don't think people realize, like, who they're talking about most of the time. <laughs> because I think a lot of this wouldn't be, like, so surprising that they're able to overlook shortcomings of his and missteps as we're calling them uh, without making amends. Right. To me, the more interesting thing about this entire process has been how Lane was handling it because <laughs> he, from the beginning of the year, right. Lane was talking about, well, you know, it'd be nice if our facilities were better. It'd be nice if, you know, we had more money in the collective, all these things that would not be issues at Auburn. Right. Like, just wouldn't be something he would have to think about. And even going into the Egg Bowl, a game that I did last week, and we were talking to him about it, he was like, look, like, there hasn't been an offer, there hasn't been this, that, and the other, and it hasn't been discussed at that point. It was discussed later on. Um, but talking to us about it, and then when he was talking to the local media, he was very, very intentional about being like, look, I haven't talked about this, I haven't taken anything but also, it would be nice if the leak would stop or if the, if the roof would stop <laughs> leaking in the facility. Right. And so, like, his way of like leveraging that and getting more, because this is what, like, his fourth contract that he's had there. He's been there for two or three years. <laughs> like, I see the hustle, man. Like, and it's funny because he still, even if he took that Auburn job, would still fit like their whole billing, right? Like, of the guys that they hired. Um, but with Freeze, man. <sighs> Good luck with that one, I guess. No, nah, man, this is a Jimmy Sexton special. For people who don't know, yeah. Jimmy Sexton is like the super agent for the yes. coaches who has an amazing knack for having like three clients in the running for any one gig. If, the, if there is a job that comes open in the SEC, the yep. first call they're making is Jimmy. Jimmy, who do you think that we should put into this job? <laughs> and I just imagine Jimmy being like, I'm going to turn this into nine million a year for Lane and I'm going to yep. get Hugh out of there that's what's going to be the plan because for Ole Miss now that they have shaken off most of the confederacy from their steeds like there's a whole generation of kids that honestly has no idea why somebody like me would not even entertain right. the possibility of Ole Miss they out yeah. there wearing wearing hoodies that say come to the sip the with sit. pictures of Mississippi on it like yo yeah. whoa what like they just right. realize okay we we t we no longer want to be racist more than we want to be good at football right yeah. like it's still a you know a little push pull mm -hmm. but they decided there was levels they wasn't willing to go okay so Lane's getting nine million dollars a year to coach a job that is really a seven eight win job and maybe yep. he can make it a nine win job consistently and maybe that's what makes it worth it for him to get my nine million dollars a year they ain't never gonna be any real pressure on him to win anything for real. I don't believe that school has ever been to the SEC championship game, and I don't believe that they ever will. And just for context on that, everybody else in that division, other than Texas A&M, who hadn't been there for very long, has been to the SEC championship game, except for Ole Miss. Yep. 
Everybody mm-hmm. else has made it. And he get $9 million a year to do that yeah. job. At Ole Miss. Yes. At Ole Miss, right. man. At, at Ole Miss. And, and he could have taken $9 million or something like that to go to Auburn. But, man, that job just does not look like it'll make you happy in any form or fashion. And now Hugh Freeze is down there. And I'm like, sir, you need to be on your P's and on your Q's. Because he has never been anywhere with the level of scrutiny that he's about to receive. He got caught up. Because Houston, this, I mean, I don't think people appreciate the wildness of the Hugh Freeze story. Houston Nutt was doing a FOIA request to try to figure out who at Ole Miss leaked something to a reporter. And along the way, stumbled across his replacement calling escorts on the road. Yes. And all the meanwhile, Ole Miss knew and Hugh Freeze knew that most of the violations that they were being investigated for were not from Houston Nut, which is what they sold until it finally came out where it was like, oh, wait, no, these aren't under Houston Nut. <laughs> like, that piece of it is incredible to me. And one other angle with Hugh Freeze that, and I can't help but do this, but I always kind of do this with college athletics because I think a lot of people like to talk about it when it's hot and not all the time in terms of something that actually does need to be fixed. And that's obviously like player compensation and how we talk about these guys. To me, if you are one of these people that says the kids don't need to be compensated because they're there to get an education, right? They're there to be formed as young men, all these things like that. I come from a family of educators. If you believe that, I understand. I 100% believe people should get second chances. That is something that I think as long as you show that you've learned from your mistake and you know made amends and all that type of stuff like that, you should be given that opportunity. If you believe college football to be something where you do get an education and you're there to be formed as a young man, and then you go on about your business, that's not somebody that you hire. And so to me, that is another argument, albeit a smaller one for why we have to compensate the players and pay them as such, because you would not do that if you believe this to be strictly an educational endeavor. And so to me, like, I just, you know, it's just, it's, it's incredible all around, man. And then, you know, kind of going back to your point with, with Lane and at Ole Miss, I think the thing with Auburn that is so interesting is them in Nebraska and in some way, South Carolina, you've seen those three fan bases because of the college football playoff sort of become a little bit more unrealistic with their expectations. Mm -hmm. Right. And because like, to your point, if Lane kept this thing at an eight or nine win clip, like they're going to get sick of them because now it's the playoff. And if you're not in the playoff, then like, we don't care about the rest of this which is poisonous to me for the sport. And I don't know that that's going to end particularly well, but I do think that'll get to a point where they're going to be like, all right, bro, like we're paying you $9 million. You're not making the playoff. Like what's up? Yeah. I mean, the, the playoff hasn't made things more fun. It's made no. people more money. It hasn't made uh, things more fun. And then contracts like the Jimbo contract, the Mel Tucker contract, those are the two that really jump out. They get you to the now everybody makes $9 million a year. Hey, bro, when they saw Mel get, what was it, $9 million? Yeah. They saw Mel get $9 million and said, what yeah. about me? I was like, yo, when Mel got nine mil, I really was like, damn, were they really that good? Like, I was just like, I mean, you just got here. Jimbo at least had the argument that, A, he has a national championship and had been to the playoff um, the following year. But then it was also Texas A&M and they're crazy and they had people with all kinds of money and the price of crew was running high. Like, it was a perfect storm. Matt Rule getting nine and a half million dollars over eight years at Nebraska. 
first, I think it's a great hire. Like I, yeah. if I, I have been saying for months, there's nobody else for Nebraska to really make a move for. That's the guy yep. that you need to bring in. Okay, cool. They went and did that. But how good can Nebraska be at this point? Because what I think people don't get is they're like, yo, it's not going to be the 80s and 90s anymore. You're correct. But the big issue is you could recruit dudes into the big eight that you say you can't get to play college football anywhere anymore. Yep. Like the admission standards were just completely different at that time. And they were getting a whole lot of dudes that, uh, shall we say, needed to leave home. Yeah, right. This ain't the game no more. Like I don't, I mean, and I think they'll get players because they want it. Right. As long yeah. as you want it. Their thing is, I think they looked up and they're just like, there's no compelling reason why we should not be better than Wisconsin, which I would probably say if I were Nebraska also. And then Wisconsin was like, oh, look at who we're about to hire to be our coach. We're going to get a really good. Yeah. Into. Hey, man, I know they saw that in their hearts. sank because <laughs> Luke Fickle is going to kill that job, man. Like he is he is going to do so well there. My thing with Nebraska is I think. I'm th- so I'm 30 years old. I think I am probably part of the last generation that remembers looking at Nebraska being like, okay, no, like they should win titles, right? Like I remember the Eric Crouch years. I remember them yeah. playing Miami. Like to me, that was like the cutoff between them being like nationally title relevant and then whatever Bo Pelini was, right? Like the eight wins, stuff like that. And then what they are now, if Matt Rule doesn't get that right, like – I think we're talking about something completely different with them where I actually don't know if you can revive that just because in my opinion and like we try to like gauge how coaches like feel about this with NIL in particular in terms of like, Hey, like there's like kids that are like committing to places and they never visit and stuff like that. And so I'm thinking if I'm an 18, 19 year old, bro, do I want to go to Lincoln? Especially because like, I don't know Nebraska to be good honestly and now when you go back and you kind of you look at like videos like tommy frazier even if you go look at videos of eric krauts right in 2000 2001 you're like that looks like a long time ago (laughs) they haven't you know what i'm saying like they haven't been popping like right like nebraska football you haven't been afraid of nebraska football since television been in high definition basically right Right. like you really haven't aside from like the one year with the sue which like they weren't going to win the title that year but to me, I think that's going to be more impactful. And we're going to see that kind of evolve the sport here in the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years, just because I think that's the thing, man, with social media. Like if kids don't know Nebraska to be good, like they're not going to go because like, yo, like they used to be popping back in the day. Yeah. Not, in our, not in their day, not close right. enough to their day. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Once Nebraska left the Big 12, how exactly were they supposed to get players? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, that was the thing that lost me. Like, I mean, Arkansas leaving the Southwest Conference, going to the SEC, the same thing was, okay, so now why would Texas kids come play here? Because the part of yeah. Texas that Arkansas borders is not the part that produces players, right? You're right. not going to get those guys. You're not going to get good players out of Louisiana going to the SEC. Like, where are you going to get players? Like, to me, Texas and Oklahoma making the move to the SEC – the biggest point for them is 
it'll make it easier for us to get players now. Like, we're watching all the players go out of Texas. We don't have a compelling reason to get any of the players in the SEC footprint to come in here. Like, you had to hold on to players at yep. some point. And so when Nebraska went to the Big Ten, you moving into the part of the Big Ten that doesn't produce players. So why, like, the Texas guys aren't coming there anymore. When Missouri went to the SEC, the Texas guys stopped going there. Where mm -hmm. are you supposed to get players from? Yeah, 100%. And, I mean, Tom Luganville and I did College Football Live last year, and he did a very good in-depth explanation as to why that move in particular is going to make it damn near impossible for them uh, in the future just because it's it's certainly not the same. And even to your point in terms of the SEC, like obviously kind of putting that as your actual like region now. The other thing with this is, and we spoke with Jackson Dart about this before the Egg Bowl, USC transfer to Ole Miss. He, we asked him like, all right, well, what was, what was attractive about Ole Miss to you? And he's like, dude, I wanted to play in SEC, right? Like this is a kid from California. And he's like strictly to be able to say like, okay, if I perform here, if I perform in this conference against these players with this team and do moderately well, I'm going to have at least a shot at going pro. And so anytime that you can add that as well, like you're changing the game for yourself because those three letters mean that much. It's become the Premier League, right? Like yeah. there are a lot of good leagues that you can play soccer in and you could be a star, but this is the one, like when you hear about an American that gets to play in the Premier League, we're like, oh yeah, we're getting somewhere, right? <clears throat> Brock Bowers, Napa, California's own, yeah. playing for Georgia. Like it's wild that he would even think to make that move to go do that. Like you ain't, you ain't culture even got to do that. Real. Oh, I can only imagine. Right? God. <laughs> right, and it's Athens. We ain't even talk about Atlanta, dog. We talk right. about Athens. I can't mm. imagine that, but... I do think, and I wonder one day when these kids are going to pop up and realize, though, man, you can go pro anywhere. What they, the NFL will do is find you. No matter who yep. you are, no matter where you at, they will find you. My favorite, oh, we found him ever. Do you remember that game that Ohio State played against Buffalo, I want to say, in 2013, and yes. America met Khalil Mack? Yep. <laughs> mm -hmm. Don't you worry, buddies. They yep. will find you yeah. one place or another somebody gonna find you a hundred percent and i mean some of these like smaller games that we did this year like tulsa memphis like there's pro scouts at every game yeah right and like those guys talk right and so like word gets around so you definitely can go pro anywhere it's just so interesting to me how the sec has really like you said like kind of just they put their herbs and spices on it man and how everybody wants a piece you know yeah. what i'm saying I would not, and if I was, I would be very considerate of this if I were a player, like particularly if I was a running back or something like that. What's also going to happen to you going to the SEC, man, you're going to have more miles on you than anywhere else. Like those Alabama boys, they play so yeah. many games and they play so hard. The Carfax on them are terrible when they get mm -hmm. to the league. I had a scout hit me up one time. He had just gotten to the job and he was, you know, first time he was just like, man, if I could, if I could show you what is in these guys' medical reports, from playing that nah man mm -hmm. i'd be trying to stay in the pack myself be yeah. over there play a couple games against oregon state a little wazoo right. action take care of myself like if i'm a running back i want to be in a nice deep rotation that would be my yeah. argument for going to georgia as a running back oh cool man i'm only gonna have to take about 100 carries and they go see i'm a beast though yeah no 100 percent, man i mean even with somebody like quinshawn judkins from Ole miss like you know he's up here you know tying i think he broke herschel walker's like freshman russian record like hey, man, they're going to run you into the ground, bro. You better believe, <laughs> right? Like, if they're trying to win a title at Ole Miss and you sticking around, hey, it's going to be on your back. No, hey. man. Like, they, they and because just true freshman, man. And you got to think about it, too. And a lot of coaches have talked about this to us, like, during the year. 
is specifically with freshmen and sophomores, like younger players like that, they are not used to the season grind and the toll that that actually does take on your body, which is why you do specifically see, especially with running backs, like some of these guys running out of fuel towards the end of the year, because they are truly that beat up. Like, I think it's easy to sit at home and watch these games and not realize the toll that like this game is taking on their bodies. You talk about that being a freshman or breaking Herschel Walker's record. Do you know how many carries Herschel Walker took in three years at Georgia? Oh, no. Not, I'm afraid not to counting, know. Not counting bowl games. How many? 994. That's showing up right now. Every every play was just give the ball to Herschel. Do you oh realize how good he had to be for right. everybody in the stadium to know the ball is coming to him? And they still kept giving him the ball. They hey, man, there was one problem working. and one solution. And the problem was the defense. And he was the solution, that the was, only one that they needed. That was it, boy. And I don't want to talk about it too much, but you living in Atlanta just for the fun part of it. Can you explain to people how wild the ads are on both sides in that Herschel Walker election. <laughs> Yo, like if I'm watching stuff on like Hulu, man, it's all I get. It's all I've gotten for the past like two months. They are like, I mean, just it's, they, they are, there's no chill with none of them, right? Mm -hmm. Positive or negative with either side. Like part of me is like, is this actually real? Because we're not talking about just like some other candidate, man. We're talking about Herschel Walker. Yes. Right? We're talking about the push-ups and sit-ups guy, right? Like the guy that that picked himself up, right, and became one of the best college football running backs of all time, right? Like just an incredible story. And then it's like, this is what this has become. Yes. Like it's truly, man, hard to wrap my head around because growing up, you hear how great, how great this individual was, right? How hardworking he was, how great he was. And then juxtapose that against like what we're doing right now. Oh no, what he's doing right now is showing you how great he was at football. Because that's the only that's reason why, that's the only reason you realize how good he had to be at football for this to still yeah. be going. And what people need to know, Herschel ain't showing up nowhere. If he gotta wear a jacket and tie, he ain't showing up nowhere where the jacket ain't black and the tie is not red. He yep. is in UGA gear. At every turn, because I imagine, like I say, Herschel played 40-something years ago. Yeah. The youngsters who are like, yo, I don't really understand what this Herschel thing is. That's what, right, right here, the fact that That's this it. can continue as it is, but then you go turn on them Herschel clips from Georgia, and it's like, oh, my God. Right, like, is he allowed to do that? Yeah, he was a, like, cause my brother um, grew up in Atlanta, and, you know, in that time, he's not at Herschel's age, he's younger, right? But his thing mm -hmm. was... Herschel was a newspaper superstar. Like when you were, you know, when the newspaper was the only place you got this information, he was a celebrity all over the state of Georgia because what Herschel Walker was doing in Wrightsville, Georgia, was leading yep. the sports page. Like he was that dude. And man, it is wild, wild mm -hmm. seeing them commercials. He, like he's so good, they don't even really have to talk about the football in the commercials. No, I don't. I mean, the, the face and the name do it, man. Like, I really don't think, especially as it pertains to college football, like, if you have left your mark on a place, on a university, what you do after that, it's all yeah. good. Don't matter. Especially in a place like Georgia, man. I cannot tell you, like, when we were at Georgia, Tennessee, the amount of run, Herschel, run sticker <laughs> on everybody walking around the stadium, and which was both, like, like, 
funny in part because I'm like, damn, bro, is it really like that easy? And also like terrifying. Um, <laughs> but people the, also the, forget the, that's the only time that Georgia had ever been that good. Like Georgia yeah. is not a historical power. Like the right. S- the SEC as it is is really a phenomenon of the last fifteen to twenty years. But yeah. that run that they had is the only time prior to now that they mm-hmm. had ever been that good. It was all on the back. He made them feel something, right? Like yeah. if Johnny Manziel could have just walked and chewed gum just a little bit, man, <laughs> them Aggies would have found a way to make him the governor because they had never felt yeah. like he had made them feel before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I mean, that's a completely different high. And with college football specifically, once you catch that, they're not going to let it go, man. That's why with South Carolina, it's funny, like, and I'm going to sound like a Will Muschamp defender here, and I am not. <laughs> Historically speaking, Spurrier, I think, has their only two 10-win seasons yes. and one of, like, two nine-win seasons. What Muschamp was doing, winning whatever it was, right, six to seven games, five games, that's par for the course for you That's y'all. what they do. That's what y'all do, right? <laughs> and, and and people get outraged when you're when you like say anything else, right? Well, no, I mean that's just like what it is. Well, no, well, look what Spurrier did. It's like, bro, we're talking about Steve Spurrier, yes. right? Like even with like Texas historically, if you look at Texas, like they're not winning the national championship every five, ten, fifteen, twenty years, right? But like that's the thing now, and. Mac the, Brown, Mac Brown ruined it for. I mean, and you know, Mac Brown ruined it for everybody after him. Yet everybody some, after but, him, but was also somehow an underachiever while he had the job. It is I the most. Impo- it's the most impossible mm-hmm. thing to explain because I mean, Texas' real problem was they were a little late to the black player game, and yes. it affected them for honestly thirty something years. Right, like they won mm-hmm. the last national championship with all white players. And then they were just kind of slow to come around to the game. You can look as Oklahoma embraced the idea and Texas resisted it. You can see the fortunes of the program change. The difference, though, between Texas and like a South Carolina is there's no ex- there's no excuse for Texas not to be better. Correct. I can make an argument why it is that we overrate the value of them being the University of Texas and Mac over indexed on in-state recruiting in a way that nobody else could. The problem with Texas is Texas isn't close to anything other than Texas. Therefore, and you can't get the Louisiana guys because the ones that you want are going to go to LSU. So that means you basically got to get all the good ones in Texas. Otherwise, where are you going to get the other guys from? But South Carolina, y'all are the number two program in South Carolina. Right. What? Where are you? Where is the good supposed to come from? Y'all are a six and a half, right? Six and a half win school. Six or seven. That's probably where you're going to be. Like. Mississippi State, did they get their minds back right after Mullen and realize, you know what, we're we're six and a half. That's that's about where we are. We're a six and a half win school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy, man. And again, like I said earlier, like the playoff, right, becoming the only prize in most people's minds has ruined this for everybody, right? Like, how are you supposed to get a job at this point and just go out on your own terms? That's not going to happen Mm-mm. for anybody. It's just it's not. Um and it's just so weird to watch how this thing is evolving and is going to continue to evolve, obviously, um, just within that perspective. Um, and it's and it is unfortunate. You saw this news yesterday about the Rose Bowl and yeah. uh, and the playoff. I like that. I like the that Rose Bowl's making like, demands. They're flexing. Right. I like that because you should. You're the Rose Bowl. Well, the Rose Bowl, what people don't get about the Rose Bowl is the Rose Bowl don't give a damn about no college football. The Rose Bowl care about them roses. 
Mm-hmm. Like, like the the yep. like the Rose Bowl Parade. is about a level of money that is so far beyond this little football yep. game. They'd like yep. to have the football game. It's a big part of what they do. They don't care about your playoff. They like, look, we are the game that celebrates the great white migration from the Midwest to the West Coast. It's a homecoming yep. game where the Midwesterners who now live on the West Coast now have the Midwesterners who need to just get a little warmth on their bodies. They ain't seen the sun in like four yep. months. They come mm-hmm. down, they kick it, they have a good time. They don't give a damn about no Bear Bryant. They don't give a damn about no Nick Saban. And they're like, yeah, I mean, if you guys want to go do that, that's cool. But we'll be over here having our Rose Bowl with our sunset, which is the reason why we watch that game every year yeah. and it never gets old. Yeah, I mean, it's like if even if you're not interested in the matchup, that is the most aesthetically like just good looking thing, right? That for like sports produces on a yearly basis, right? Like top five at worst, yeah. right? I mean, like that's it, and they know it, and they also know how much it means now to college football as sport, you know, much like Major League Baseball, where you don't want to break tradition, right? Whether it makes sense or not, they're not going to let that happen. Like the playoffs not going to go anywhere without the Rose Bowl; they just mm-hmm. won't. No, Rose Bowl closest thing to the Masters that college yes. football has. They're like, yo, yes. this is this is what we do. Mm-hmm. This is again, it's a parade for yeah. roses. Oh man. Like that's it, not man. some clever name that they came up with just because that's right. kind of what we do around here, right? It's not like the Orange Bowl. Like, hey, yeah. Orange is Florida. No, we got a we got a whole rose thing that we do down here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. And you know, the other thing with it too, and this is like this is probably a little bit more local Atlanta, but like, but you'll know what I'm talking about. So, you know, I'm, I'm from East Cobb. I grew up in East Cobb. I went to Walton high school, the Walton high school marching band participates in the Rose Bowl parade mm-hmm. almost every single year. Really? That tells you all you need to know. If you don't, if you don't know what I'm talking about, you listen to this podcast, go look up Walton high school. It's one of the best public charter schools in the United States. They participate in the Rose Bowl parade almost every single year. And that's, that's about thing, all you need guys. to know about that. That's a yeah. thing, guys. That's a thing. <laughs> like, I'm actually, as we wrap this up, I'm, I'm going to the Rose Parade events. I just want to see what kind of rich we're talking about here. All right, so the Rose Parade, presented by Honda. Uh, oh, that's the only one they put on here. They got the decorating places. They got all of this. Like, this is just Rose Bowl game events. Their whole website. Like, once you go to this, you realize, oh, this isn't really about a football game. Yeah. These people. I don't think most people realize that. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. They don't. They're like, Ohio State, come, don't come, whatever. Send whoever y'all got. Purdue, we'll take it. Right, sure, why not? <laughs> I'm sure they'd like a trip out to the West Coast. Certainly. Listen, hold on, Harry. We got the decorating places. We got the Equest Fest. Um, some horse riding stuff. They've got the Band Fest. They've got the Float Fest. Mm-hmm. All I needed to see was Equest Fest. Equest Fest. That told me everything I needed everything. to know about what kind of money is coming down there for the Rose Bowl. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a completely, completely different thing, man. I'm telling you. And I didn't I didn't realize that until I got older. And then you start seeing it, it's like, oh, so this is what the, this is what all this is. Got it. Okay. Yes. yes. Not I understand why I didn't know, right? right? But I get it. I understand it now. they like, that's why we play the Rose Bowl January 1st at 1.30 Pacific. 
That's when we're having the game. Yep. Got mm-hmm. it. Okay. We are only a semifinal in the college football playoff if you play it on January 1st. Because mm-hmm. that's when we are having this game. Because that's when we're going to do these this rose stuff. Right. It's our party, right? You can show up <laughs> if you want to. You can show up if you want to. If you don't like it, though, you got to go somewhere else. And it's cool. It's cool. We all it's right. Cool by that. us, right? Somebody will show up, right? <laughs> Hey, man, that is Harry Lyles Jr. Check him out on Around the Horn. Check him out on college football coverage here at ESPN, man. Doing a great job with it. Glad we got to have you on. We're going to have to do this again. Absolutely, man. Anytime. All right, man. And ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for joining us here on The Right Time. Thanks for watching us on YouTube. Uh, Dan Stancic, Parker Owens, Adi Khan, handling things behind the scenes. Thank you, gentlemen. Remember, follow The Right Time. Rate us, review us, give us five stars. You only give us four stars, I'm inclined to believe. You are a hater. And we'll talk to you guys in a couple of days. Take it easy. Thanks for checking out The Right Time with Bomani Jones Podcast. You can listen or follow on the ESPN app or wherever you listen to podcasts. The Right Time with Bomani Jones.